Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, seems like the world's falling apart all over the place. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it in context. We're going to have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hope. I really do think people are waking up to what's really going on right now. But let's start here, David. Yeah. Um, the, this whole deal with the student loan forgiveness. Yeah. You guys that got pandemic relief... You should just shut up. Yeah, I, I, I want to what? I want to apologize for some of the strong language I used in the group text last night. Oh, yeah. While I was uh, going through this, what the White House official Twitter account was putting out into the world. So what they've decided to do is defend their indefensible student loan debt forgiveness scam by just lying to people. So on social media, they were sharing a massive amount of disinformation. They highlighted Republicans who criticized the policy and then said, well, they had, you had X amount of money in PPP loans forgiven. Now, that is the Paycheck Protection Program. They were designed to help businesses not fire all of their employees. And if you took the money and laid everyone off, then you would have to repay the loan. That's why it was structured initially as a loan. It was sort of insurance, basically saying, okay, business owners, you got to keep paying people. We'll give you this money. You don't have to pay it back. It's a grant. But if you fire everybody, you are going to have to pay that back. It becomes a loan now. That because was for so many places, the government said, you have to shut down your business. Yes, they right. forced you to. Right. This, this wasn't a handout. This, this was actually saying, okay, because of the policy of shutdowns, we're going to try to make sure that we blunt the damage as much as possible. It also went through Congress and then was signed by the president. But the idiots in the White House who used Twitter as a policymaking guide, decided to, to basically lift ideas out of all these stupid resistance to Twitter accounts, and they're calling out people who got pandemic relief grants, comparing that to spoiled brats who won't pay their college debt. Correct. It's pathetic, man. It is so angering to watch this. Uh, the weirdest target, though, was Matt Gates. Representative Gates criticized spending money on Ukraine. That's what it was. It had nothing to do with college debt. Said, yeah, something about because we're we're spending another three billion dollars right. to celebrate their Independence Day. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you make that face or make that noise before. <laughs> it got one. me by surprise. <laughs> I slay <laughs> that. <laughs> So, so he says, yeah, everybody knows that in a $60 billion-plus uh, hot war in Europe, it's the last $3 billion that really does the trick. And the White House comes out and says, well, you had $482,000 in PPP loans forgiven. One has nothing to do with the other. I mean, already no. it was apples and oranges. This is apples and, and kangaroos. I mean, there is no comparison here. No, but I mean, think about who we're dealing with. Sure, you know? international pressure. Right. right. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't need to for these people. But man, there are a lot of people that are ticked off. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't believe from how many people that I heard from that were going to benefit that still thought it was a load yeah. of crap. It, really interesting. 
Of course, that's not everybody. I mean, it's been pretty well documented. There are so many on the left that are totally ticked off at Biden. Saying, well, 10 grand, what's that? You could have done so much more. You just proved that you could make all of this go away. And that's what you told us you'd do. I'm like, I don't remember him saying that. I remember other Democrats saying that. Elizabeth Warren. Yes. But yeah, people are like, it's not enough. Like, oh my goodness, the sense of entitlement from people. Yeah. Well, where the working class has to pay for your stupid degree? Upon hearing the news, too, major universities took money out of their endowments and put it into the big pot to help their students pay off their loans. Oh, no, <laughs> <they didn't. laughs> there you go. Of course they didn't. Right, no. Because they don't have to. No, they don't have to. They're not accountable to anybody. No, they just give the right politicians a bunch of money, and then they get deals worked out for them the American way. Yeah. It is. It's frustrating for so many people. Um, now there's an ad, David, that you wanted to bring up some sort of brutal ad. Oh yeah. Uh, I like to be surprised by stuff every once in a while. Yeah. This is from a uh, political action committee, uh, about, uh, the college debt forgiveness thing. It's from, uh, American action network. So the ad features a, you know, it's an actor and all that, but the ad features a, a mechanic, a landscaper and a waitress all talking about how much they love paying off other people's debts. (laughs) <laughs> Roll it. I spend more time working on these cars than with my own family. I spend my days digging holes, cutting grass, and sweating. This is job number two today. So my customers aren't the only ones drinking coffee. I'm breaking my back out here for one reason. I want to pay off some other guy's debt. <laughs> Biden's plan to pay other people's college loans using my tax dollars is a great idea. Time out. I'm sorry. We're only halfway through. <laughs> Already, already standing, oh man. All right. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, gosh. All I can think of, this was like 10 or 15 years ago. There was an ad about debt consolidation. And this guy saying, see my new country club? I've got this new car. And then he goes, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Somebody please help me. That's exactly what it sounds like. Do you remember that ad? Oh, my gosh. This is great. Okay, roll it. Biden's right. You should take my tax dollars to pay off your debts. My family will figure out how to get by with less. What's most important is we spare college graduates from any extra stress. Want to be a struggling artist? College is on me. My kids don't need fancy things like school supplies or new shoes. I work for you, theater major. This shift is for you, business major. Go buy yourself that new car. Enjoy your free ride. College is on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's really well done. Oh, my gosh, is that good. Thank you for bringing that Uh, in. Okay. uh, (laughs) More on that a little bit later. Uh, you also had audio, David, of Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Glass ceiling breaker. Yeah. Smasher. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's she, what's she talking about now? Uh, God only knows. I can't figure it out. Well, yeah, jo- so Joe Biden has been adamant that he had no idea that the FBI was going to raid Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, but that's, you know, kind of hard to believe because the initial reason for the investigation into Trump was at the request of the National Archives. And they had to clear it with the White House before moving forward with getting those documents, basically saying, hey, is this? do you consider this protected under executive privilege? They had to sign off on it. 
And then, yes. you know, it's so maybe Joe didn't know the FBI was going to kick in the door. I don't believe that. I think he knew. Uh, but they definitely knew something was going to happen. So White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre uh, was asked about this by CNN's Don Lemon last night. Lemon. Are you what, saying what? that he didn't yeah. know about the actual that there would there would be a, a search warrant carried out because he did have to know about it, about the documents being there because he had to sign off on the giving the archives. Again, two different things, okay, right? We did not. Sure, yeah. No, no, no. We did not know. I, again, I'm just going to repeat but myself. But you knew about. Did, you, you knew that you no, had no, to know we, that the, the that it was there or that it, they were missing because he signed off on giving the archives the authority. No, on but, the executive but, to but make Don, just the to be very. Office, me. No, just. just oh, to, time out. This is fascinating. Yeah, it is. Okay. I'll let you say what you think is going on before I do to see if it's the same thought. Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, it is the Don Lemon CYA keep my job tour that he's currently on uh, to actually act like a real journalist rather than an advocate and actually badger somebody from the opposing party about coming up with an an honest answer that isn't full of McGurkin like this. Yes, instead of just the free pass and let these people come on and get their talking points in and not question anything, all of a sudden Don's like, man... Even I'm though a, right, I am exactly. a black gay man, I might even get fired. I better start doing my job. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I, I can guarantee you, a year ago, this guy wouldn't have done this. No. At all. I don't think he would have done it two months ago. He, well, you're right about that, too. But once the potato got the boot, then it got serious all of a sudden. All right, roll on. Excuse me. No, just, just to, I just want to make sure we separate the two, right? When it comes to the actual uh, uh, the, the search, right. when it comes to the comments... Uh, that uh, that uh, the attorney general made recently, I believe it was last week. We did not know about that. We learned about that I, from I, I your reporting. That. Now, the letter, that's something totally different. What we did is we deferred to the uh, National Archives. Who is Archivist. we? Who knew about it at the White House? I'm- oh, man, Don. Yeah. Unbelievable. All of a sudden, it's like Don from 2013. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's like Albert Pujols in the Fountain of Youth. Don, you remember how to do this. This is incredible. I'm just telling you, the, the, our the White House, I'm not, I, I don't have specific names or specific, the White House deferred that uh, to the National Archivist. It's in the letter. It's very clear in the letter. <laughs> See, here's the brilliance of wow. having someone who was an understudy for the lead in I Am Sam as the press secretary. <laughs> the the genius part of it is that I can't tell if if she were a normal person if she were actually capable of speaking then you would uh, you would hear that clip and say oh my gosh they're covering something up and yeah. I do think they are covering something up yes but because again she can barely get a sentence out on a good day you're thinking maybe this is just how she speaks Maybe she's just kind of stupid and can't, like, formulate thoughts in a coherent way. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. But that doesn't matter. No. Well, it's, it, it's She l- broke the glass ceiling. Right. It, well, Celebrate like, her. It's like having a senile president, right? The beauty of it is that you've got built-in plausible deniability for anything. <laughs> or anything <laughs> and everything. True. It's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, she's very bad at her job. There's no doubt about that. You know, you got all day to prep for this. You know you're going to get asked eventually about this. You know, usually I'd say that, but I don't know if she knew that going on with Don Lemon. Well, probably not with Lemon, but you just figure you've already got a generic answer ready to go.
Yes. Yeah, I don't know. That's bad. That's really bad. And, yeah. and by the way, props where props are due, Don Lemon did your job. I mean, and, I mean that, what a surprise this is. I can't believe what I just heard. We've heard it from a few. I mean, they got a ways to go. Well, a long ways to go. But it's like teaching a kid how to ride a bike. I mean, they go, you know, 1.5 seconds without falling. You're like, okay, let's get, let's give them a little applause. Yeah, encourage. Get, yeah. You know, keep at it. You'll get there one day. You said something about pool holes. It's like teaching pool holes how to bunt. <laughs> <laughs> you are born perfect. Okay, that was probably not even necessary. Nah, it wasn't you know, necessary. It, okay. There's a lot to get to. How about this Mark Zuckerberg interview with Joe Rogan? Oh, man. Did he say the FBI told Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story? That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this is interesting. So Mark Zuckerberg, one of your favorites, David, does an interview with Joe Rogan. Yeah, third or fourth worst human being on the planet, Mark Zuckerbot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, he sat down for an interview with Joe Rogan, uh, and I was kind of surprised he did this, but I'm glad he did. You know, out of out of, it's kind of weird that in 2022, the interviewer I trust most to actually have a candid conversation with one of the worst human beings on the planet is Joe freaking Rogan, the Fear Factor guy. I'm right there with you, man. It's crazy to the me. MMA yeah. announcer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, well, they talked about censorship a little bit, and part of that, of course, is Facebook burying the Hunter Biden laptop story right before the election. And according to Mark Zuckerberg, they did it basically at the request of the FBI. The FBI meddled in our election. Yes. Okay. Here's the clip. The FBI, I think, basically came to us. Some some folks on our team. It was like, hey. Um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have. Um, <laughs> If something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. Oh, to see, no, no, no. Right. okay, not Let you. Me tell no. you how those you know doormats over at Twitter operate. Yeah, so we got the third party. So, so he goes on to say, well, we didn't totally censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, but we yeah we did actually prevent a lot of people from seeing it. Yes. Okay. So when you heard that, was that total admission in your eyes? Oh, yeah. I mean, he tries to weasel out of it a little bit. But, I mean, right here, you've, you've, you've got him saying, essentially, that the FBI called and said, hey, if anything looks suspicious, go ahead and, and make sure it doesn't spread around enough. And so somebody does get to decide, ultimately, what's true, what's not, what's propaganda, what's misinformation, what's, you know, uh, what's true. Somebody ultimately yeah, I, does get to make that call. The FBI actively meddled in our election, and Facebook went along with it. Yes. So I guess from my mind, and tell me if I'm way off, man. It's just my thought as, you know, following this for months and months. Basically, we already know what the FBI did. Yeah. <laughs> we know it. Um, and the whistleblowers have said it. 
but is it provable yet? Well, we don't know. But that, what Zuckerberg right. said there, for some people, it's like, well, there's your proof. And I'm like, man, I don't know, because he's really sort of slide of hand with, well, they basically told yeah. us. And then he says, basically, again. And then I'm wondering in my mind, okay, does the FBI say, we just said be vigilant. Yeah. We didn't point out the Hunter Biden laptop story. Right. That, that, you, right. You, that just came down. We weren't talking about that specifically. We were just saying, watch out for Russian disinformation. This wasn't quite like, you're damn right I ordered the code red. <laughs> right. I mean, they didn't but, get him to actually admit it was Hunter Biden. And yeah, Right. You're right, though. I agree with you. So we'll see where it goes. But with the whistleblowers involved from the FBI, yeah. there's enough there. I would think. Yeah. Well, dude, in the, in the second clip here, I mean, he, he does pretty much point the finger at the FBI. Oh, you say the second clip. Yes. Well, now the rest of the story. Go on. The distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution has decreased, in, it, it got shared. How it, does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely... By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's meaningful. But I mean, but basically a... Um, this guy's so full of crap. A lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper-political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't uh -huh. sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of <laughs> thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, okay. which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically See, fit the there's pattern. the wiggle. Yep. No, well, I don't remember. Yeah, there's the wiggle. Slimy. Mm. Uh huh. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't blame me, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't, just don't blame me. Okay, another news update you got to hear straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, Jen Exer. The Millennial, David Van Camp. Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the Justice Department releases the redacted Mar-a-Lago search warrant. Mm -hmm. Affidavit. Yeah. David, and, you know, heavily redacted. Yeah. But the part that you were talking about is so funny is what? Well, so the 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 memo that was sent to or the document that was sent to the court justifying all of the redactions in the affidavit that justified this unprecedented raid of a former president's home that argument is also heavily redacted <laughs> so it's, it's just a bunch of black lines and the thing is is what's been pointed out is that when it comes to the full release of any underlying documents and all of that uh, Trump's legal team is not exactly up to snuff in requesting that these are released unredacted. They're okay. not. They're Roll not making these arguments a little bit, if you don't mind. So what? So generally, you know, when it, actually the judge who is overseeing this is the same one who approved the raid, and the judge has actually helped out Trump's legal team quite a bit uh, in processing this and moving this along. 
And so the judge is also then saying, well, you know, when it comes to a lack of redaction or taking away some of these redactions, these big black lines that means that all of these documents are just basically meaningless to the rest of us, uh, the Trump legal team has not actually argued in court to release this without the redactions. Trump has talked about it in public, but not in court. And the thing is, is that the legal team that he has assembled, I think, to my knowledge, most, if not all of them, are not actually licensed to practice law in Florida. And, and the judge has allowed them to still help out the former president. Okay, so I've seen, like, the left angle at why it was not requested in court. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was just thinking to myself, well, Trump's lawyers certainly know what they're doing. Mm. And then as you're like, well, wait a second here. And then I think about, you know, the Kraken woman. Yeah. Sidney Powell. And then Rudy with the hair dye rolling down his face as we looked upon it with horror. Well, <laughs> like, what is going on? Well, and the thing is, there were there were a few lawyers, and one of them actually went on the record talking about this, who were offered the opportunity to represent Donald Trump in court, and they declined. And some of that's just because of the liability, one, of being connected to Donald Trump right now, because you see what happens. I mean, the knives are out. The 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 Biden administration is going to try to make Trump world suffer as much as possible. That, that is it. And then also you do have a client who might may very well undermine your entire case in front of a judge. <laughs> So so a lawyer basically looking at this situation would say, I've got very little upside, but a lot of downside. Right. Yeah, got at it. this point, there's just a lot of, there is a lot of downside. What do you think he would like have the greatest legal minds on the planet? Well, yeah. Y- yes, but then at the end of 2020, yeah. yeah, then you had to question that a little bit. Well, yeah, you got Fine Howard and Fine working on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the 2020 after the election. Yeah, and I was pulling my hair out. It it really yeah, was because right. I, I know I, I'm yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, Why are, are you, you not going right. to court and arguing that states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin illegally uh, changed election law? Why are you Why are you going with this clown car of lawyers? And you know, is, are you just trying to fundraise off of this, knowing that yeah, nothing's ever going to be overturned? What What exactly is going on here? Um, it's so frustrating, man, because this, this raid on Mar-a-Lago is a big deal. And I know the left is saying, well, maybe Trump doesn't actually want these documents to be put out there. Maybe, but I also think that you can never underestimate um, the incompetence of some of the lawyers that he hires. Which is astounding. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. Well, and it also, you know, I think probably plenty of people are thinking this. Of man, where's the lawyer that just wants to fight for what's right and you know forget about the cost as far as to me or how they're going to go after me? This was a load of crap what they did to go search this guy and just go on, you know, a, a fact finding mission to try to find something to pin to this guy. You're just fishing that there would be a lawyer to say, okay, I know what I'm doing, I know how to go in there and and really take care of business. But who knows, man? And I'm looking at this report right now, and I know it's going to be a shock. I'm not the greatest legal mind. Not a lot of education in that area. 
you know, I think we can all see through BS or whatever. But I'm looking at like, you know, like 26 in this whole list of different things with this affidavit. All of 26 is blacked out. Yeah. Uh, all of 27 is blacked out. 28, 29, uh, all blacked out. I mean, there's not one word out of that. So, and then all of a sudden in 30, according to a CBS Miami article titled, Moving Trucks Spotted at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> and then you go, you know, into that whole thing. Okay, what does that mean? Um, back from January 18th, 2021. It has nothing to do with what's going on right now, really. And then you go a little bit further, and the rest of it all blacked out. 31, all blacked out. Uh, number 32, all blacked out. And now as I'm scrolling down, am I boring everybody right now with this? No, well, the the, I mean, the, the short version of this is that <laughs> it, it, we're not getting any information. No. It's just I'm doing this in real time, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, all 35, 36, 37, 38, all blacked out. That's all it is, man. And I know you know that, but I guess when you're actually seeing it, you're like, this is astounding. So when you heard at the very beginning of this, what they're going to do is redact so much of it, it's not going to really say anything, but it's going to give the appearance of going by the book. Yeah. Which is what it looks like to me. And again, if I were you listening right now, I'd take all of your legal advice from me. Because obviously I'm an expert in this. The law offices of Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. Thank you. Yeah, well. We've been told before we do sound like a law firm. The name of the show. Don't act like one, but we sound like one. <laughs> Freaking right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Oh, hold uh, on. Donald Trump's on line one. He wants to hire us. <laughs> <laughs> Opening statement. Hey, man, this is bogus. <laughs> what you're Professor doing here. Professor Spicoli taught us. <laughs> He whiz. And where's Merrick Garland at? Where's old Shaky? I want to see him in this courtroom. <laughs> old Shaky. <laughs> old Shaky. Speaking of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Um, he was talking about the student loan forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Well, he's on board with this idea that we've talked about a lot and for a long time, which is if you're going to forgive student loans, you, the universities themselves have to be on the hook for this, not taxpayers. Well, a lot of times when you see a problem, like, oh, my gosh, this student loan debt is crushing people and they can't pay them back. What does that tell you? Yeah. They're paying too much for something that doesn't pay them back. So you'd want to stop that practice somehow, some way. Right. Right. Think. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Nothing in there about that. Here's DeSantis. If they're producing people, they went deep into debt and their degree is not worth anything and they're not able to make enough money to pay it back, uh, well, then that's on them. And they've had an incentive to get more and more loans taken out and then put it in their pocket. So we should look at these universities. But what Biden is doing, uh, it, it's going to cause more inflation, which is what you just had one of Obama's economists come out and say, this is the worst time to do this. It's going to fuel inflation. This is not good policy. Obviously, the fairness and all that uh, is very important, uh, but it's not a good uh, fiscal or monetary policy. Oh, no. um, and so, so you see that. But then you also have the fact that they're doing that with zero reform to the universities and the loans and everything that's happened that's clearly way, way out of whack. I mean, the analogy that comes to mind is something I've brought up before, but I... I I just think, imagine if you had a company, it's a real estate company, that's going to 18-year-olds who are still in high school mm -hmm. and saying, hey, take out this loan for this house. 
Now, you're not going to be able to live in it for four years. And there's a chance you're not going to live in it after those four years. But you're still going to have to make payments on it. You can look at it. It's prestigious to have this house. And if you decide you need to get out from under the weight of this, well, too bad. You can't declare bankruptcy. Hmm. We would shut that company down if they were doing that. The government certainly would not be picking up the tab to pay for those things. It would be, okay, You kids have been defrauded here. Yes. You're absolutely right. Well, as you were going through, you know, setting that up halfway through it before you said, and then you can't move into it afterward. Yeah. I was thinking, well, man, that's already a better investment long term than. <laughs> well, th- there is some truth to that. But, yeah. But, oh, but part of the stipulation of that loan is that you can't sell the house to anybody right. else. You've just got to pay exactly. the mortgage, not live in it, and you're just going to be stuck with that payment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, you also had something uh, from the feeling New York Times talking about college debt. Yeah. Oh, this is actually a flashback, and I just love this yeah. so much. It was an advice column, uh, and the respondent was the Styles editor at the time. This was in 2018. Okay. Uh, the uh, the writer, or I'm sorry, the, the person writing in to the paper was asking for advice, said, my wife and I have been paying off our student loans for years, but we still have about $75,000 to go. She's 35 and really wants to start having a family, but I think we should wait a few more years until we've paid off more of our loans. We argue about it constantly. The response was, you don't actually want children and you're wasting her time and she will hate you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's something, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) She really doesn't want kids. He really doesn't want kids. He He doesn't want really want kids. Wow, man. There are so many goofballs when it comes to this particular topic. But I do think in the end it's a loser for the Democrats. Dude, I think it's such a gift to the Republicans. In a lot of ways. I mean, I really do. Because I don't know how you justify this. I don't know. And quit using the PPP stuff because that's nonsense. It was a pandemic where the government said you have to shut down your business. Right. And if you open it, we will fine you. We will arrest you. We could throw you in jail. Absolutely. So, yes. Well, okay, then how am I going to pay these workers? Well, all right, we'll, we'll get you through that. Okay. See, and this student loan thing is just like that. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not even close. Yeah. Freaking pandemic. Because Fauci told us, well, you know, it's just not safe. Look out for everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Did you hear that Fauci broke Megyn Kelly? She finally snapped. I haven't heard this yet, no. So, Megyn Kelly interviews some really interesting people. Check it out from time to time. And man, she, I think it's because it affected her kids. She has gone after Fauci hard, harder than I would have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And when it came down to Fauci talking about whether or not he would, you know, go testify and answer questions about what he knew, you know, the Wuhan lab and all that stuff. Um, he was fairly casual about it, at least to Megyn Kelly. And so this is what she said about it. He sounds like he's been invited to afternoon tea at one of our houses. I will consider it. I'll consider it. You know, only if it's oversight, because what I experienced was personal attacks. I will go if it's true. F*** you, Dr. Fauci. You don't get to say whether you go. You get a congressional subpoena, you show up, or you get the Steve Bannon treatment. Whoa! Sleep, you, Dr. Fauci. 
Wow. Like, wow. And it was like these moms across America were like, yes. Oh, yeah. Somebody said it. Somebody in media actually said it. Uh, she's not on broadcast air where you could say right, you can do that <laughs> something kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I uh, got some messages, I guess, yesterday when all this was going down, I think all three of us at different times were fairly heated. I guess people were waiting for F-bombs to start flying on the show yesterday. Well. Or thought that at one point someone got actually silenced like it was silenced out <laughs> of this show, that sort of thing. No one did that yesterday, did they? Not to my knowledge. Still all working. I don't think so. So far, so good. Yeah. All right. Oh, my gosh. we got to talk about Joe Biden's daughter's diary. That thing was real, which means... Which means what? All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, you made a statement yesterday where we found out some information, and it's getting more traction today. Yeah. This is astounding. Yeah, well, yeah, and creepy. Yeah, sure it is, because it, it seems like there's a at least a decent possibility that Joe Biden, the current president of the United States, might be a bit of a diddler. Oh, let, me, let me set boy. this up for you here, okay? Yeah. So this story's been circulating for a while now. It's been buried a bit, and part of that's just because it's kind of hard to know like what's real, what's not real, what's made up. Uh, the setup is this, though. Back in 2020, Ashley Biden, the daughter of Joe Biden and Jill Biden, was in rehab, which is already weird because the Biden campaign said she wasn't on the trail because she was doing social work. Well, no, she was in rehab. Okay. Uh, but she left a diary at a house in Florida, and it was found by a woman named Amy Harris, she and a guy named Robert Curlander tried to sell the diary to the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign said, oh, hell no, we're not going to do this. Hand this over to the FBI. Well, they wound up selling it to Project Veritas, which does a lot of undercover uh, mm-hmm. video work, sting operations and whatnot. They ultimately didn't publish it, but instead they gave it to the FBI. Meanwhile, the FBI raided Project Veritas and the home of the organization's leader, James O'Keefe. Now, some of the details did wind up being published by a website called The National File, Uh, So the people who found the diary, they just pleaded guilty to stealing the diary and trying to sell it across state lines. They face five years in prison. But in all of this, the government just confirmed that that diary was real. And what was in the diary? The diary includes an allegation that Ashley Biden thinks she might have been molested as a child and that she took, quote, probably inappropriate showers with her dad, Joe Biden. Does it say what age? No, it doesn't. I have been under the impression that you're talking like 12 or 13, but I but it doesn't uh, I haven't seen anything that that says specifically what age she was. Okay, in the story I read and I know you've read some different pieces on this, so tell me if this is way off. In the diary it said something to the extent that she had a promiscuous past and it, yeah. it was not good. Yeah. And in in the same line, talked about showers with her dad. Yeah. And that's what made it even more odd and troubling and creepy. Sure. That the two were somehow connected. Yeah. What the heck does that mean? I think that's what a lot of people are questioning. Well, she has a substance abuse problem. And, you know, the people with substance abuse problems since... Oh, you think that's what they're going to say? Of course they will. She was troubled, and that's why she wrote that? Yeah. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, big news update, David. Yeah, so we have a little bit more information, but not much, about the justification for the raid on Mar-a-Lago that happened a while back. The FBI kicking down the door, going through a bunch of stuff, and initially we were, we were told it was because of some documents the National Archives wanted that Donald Trump had at Mar-a-Lago, uh, and then it was, remember, it just sort of ballooned and spiraled out of control to where the suggestion was that Donald Hunt, uh, Donald Trump had, like, schematics of nuclear weapons or whatever. Like, no, there's, no, he didn't. But, I mean, I, I don't yes. know what he had, but come on. All right. Um, and so the government has now released, some uh, under a court order, some of the underlying documents, including the affidavit that was justifying the request for a warrant to search Mar-a-Lago. Now, that's redacted. Most of it's redacted. Most of the paperwork that the government submitted to justify those redactions are, in fact, redacted themselves. Yes. So we don't even know. I'm so confused. <clears throat> basically, redacted. basically, what the government is telling you, Scott, is you'll get nothing and like it. That's yeah, a big middle that, finger, right? That, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and in fairness, uh, Donald Trump's lawyers apparently haven't really been arguing in court to release it unredacted. They haven't been fighting the redaction, so we'll see where this goes. Well, as I was trying to go through it, you know, on the air, you get to a certain number, and I've somewhere in the 20s and then the 30s, everything is just redacted, redacted. It's yeah. just like blank, black lines, one after another after another, and you're like, okay, well, we're not going to know anything about that. And then Andrew McCarthy is on Fox News talking about it. Yeah, he's a, a former federal prosecutor, um, and so he, he's people want to pick his brain. What do you think about this? What do you think about all the redactions? What could this be? And he kind of explains some of that. Yeah. You know, there are some things, there's an expression in the intelligence community called born classified. Like, there, there are some things that are, are aspects of the president's job which are purely ceremonial, and then there's the national security aspect of the president's job where if he's dealing with details about, you know, military secrets uh, and relations with foreign countries, uh, that stuff is so sensitive that it's, you know, basically if he starts to write notes about it, it's classified. Uh, so I would sense that if, you know, they took the pains to note that he was writing notes, the president, and then they blacked everything out, that that's the area that we're in, the, the stuff that's very sensitive. <laughs> Which is funny to me because, as he says, uh, relations with foreign countries. And I'm thinking about the FBI having Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019 and all of the stuff in that laptop that has to do with Ukraine, China, Russia, and deals that were made that involve Joe Biden. Not a whole lot of interest there. I mean, it's right there in front of you. But we're going to raid Mar-a-Lago because there might be handwritten notes about right. relations with foreign countries. Yeah. You got to have more than that, don't you? Yeah, it, it is also kind of funny because uh, one thing that Trump's team has argued is that there was a, and again, it's kind of a reach, but there was like a standing order that 
whatever Donald Trump thought was going to be declassified was declassified. Um, because he was the president, and the president does have quite a bit of leeway when it comes to declassifying things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have laughed at that, like, no, you, you can't actually just think it in your head that it's declassified and it becomes declassified. That's not how any of this works. But what Andrew McCarthy is pointing out there, and I think that he's probably right about this, apparently, if you are on the side of censoring documents or classifying documents, you can actually just think it and make it classified when he says something is born classified right there is the standing order that if it has to do with something uh like troop movements like anything else relations with foreign countries then it's automatically classified so for the government that's good enough to just kind of think about it in that way for an elected president evidently not wow you know side note to this um certainly related when i hear anything about this raid or different things that deal with Trump and the Justice Department. I think of Chuck Schumer in January 2017, and it still rings true when he was talking about Trump. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. And it's never stopped. It's never stopped. No. Um, By the way, if you are a person that would vote for Donald Trump, uh, you're destroying America. I just want you to know that. That's from our president. That's according to Joe Biden, great uniter. Uh, Yeah, he did a campaign rally in Maryland last night. You could really feel the unity here, the coming together. You know, it's disgusting. I mean, there's a way that we're used to this, seeing it every day. But when you take a step back... What this guy has done to the country is truly disgusting. MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. And they refused at one time to get vaccinated. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. This is why in this moment, those of you who love this country, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans... We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. Oh, gosh. Dude, I, just an informal list here. When you want to talk about destroying America, he is the guy who's stealing from the working class to buy votes from college grads. Correct. He, he's the guy who illegally ordered the CDC to invalidate property rights. Uh, he's the guy who is enforcing a mandate for a vaccine that doesn't work, which is affecting our military. He's the guy, speaking of the military, that's stealing equipment from the military to send it to Ukraine, and we have no idea where that equipment's winding up. Correct. Not to mention inflation, gas prices, all of that. Have you seen natural gas prices? Oh, buddy, that's a doozy. He's destroying America, okay? Pot, meat, kettle. Yes. But his friends around the globe love him for it. Well, well all the yeah. in this country love him for it because they're going to get richer while they destroy the country. It's disgusting. And so many people can't, can't see it, which really makes it worse. Okay. Uh, you talk about ridiculous. This, is, this should be a crime, what the mayor of D.C. is about to do. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. They, so uh, unvaccinated students... Uh, are going to be banned from attending schools in person this fall after the first 20 days. 
Uh, there is no remote learning option. Now, that means, what is it, 46% of black students will not be able to attend school this year. They're getting locked out of school over a COVID vaccine that they don't need. Correct. Well, it doesn't stop the spread. Nope. It doesn't stop you from getting it. Nope. And when you look at other countries, uh, Denmark, several others are saying not, not just no vaccine for kids under 12, no vaccine for anybody under 18 because of the effects and the risk involved. It's been proven kids really don't need it unless you're an at-risk or you have some other condition. Regular healthy kid doesn't need it. But this criminal is saying, no, you can't go to school unless you're vaccinated. You can't go to school and you can't learn online. In other words, you're just on the streets. Yes. Or at home playing video games. You're not allowed to even participate in the educational process. This is racism at a high level. Well, I mean, how in the world dude, does that make any sense? This is, and is there pushback there? Have you heard anything about that? There's got to be at some point. I would think. Well, you, you would think. I mean, they had the whole Black Lives Matter plaza in D.C. Oh, yeah. After St. Right. George Floyd died. Wow. This is breathtaking. We're not going to allow you to learn in public schools because you're not vaccinated. Even though evidence points to the fact that the children don't need to be vaccinated. No. And it actually could be detrimental to their health overall if they are vaccinated. And we're discounting any conversation about this. It's just the way it's going to be. And I can't learn online either. Well, you're screwed then. You're 14 years old, 13 years old, 10 years old, and you don't you can't go to school. Wow. What the hell is yeah. going on here? <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously. It's like, is it this crazy, is man? remarkably dumb. This yes, is, it is. I mean. Uh, you know what? Just just say all those unvaccinated kids are here illegally, and, and then maybe they'll find a spot yeah, for them in school. Right. You know, did you see that the mayor of D.C. is also requesting $50 million from the federal government to help with the migrants that are being bused there from Texas? No, it's a sanctuary city. You yep. proclaimed it a sanctuary city. Yeah. Deal with it. You're welcoming yeah. To everyone. Show us in Texas how it's done. That's right. <laughs> Unreal. You know, there are so many people that have been fed so much really racist crap from woke people for so long. It, it leaves people deranged. And there was no better example of that than what was trending earlier today with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I, I watched this a couple of times. I, I was completely lost. Yeah, yeah. me too. So last month, Drew Barrymore posted a video of her frolicking in the rain on TikTok. And apparently now she's a white supremacist uh, because of that. Uh, the clip has gone, or this clip has gone viral now, thanks to libs of TikTok. Yes. And again, this was just Drew Barrymore just going out in the rain like, oh, it's, it, it's so nice to be rained on. Like a simple pleasure in life. Yeah. Racist. Why is that? Well, this person will point it out to you, this black lady. Go ahead. You and I both know that you are capable of enjoying the rain and frolicking freely without filming it and then posting it to TikTok. Did you get that? Well, so what? I want to post it to TikTok. I'm having a good time. Look at me. Well. That's what TikTok no. is. Do you want to explain where this sort of comes from, David? 
Because I don't think anybody's ever yeah. going to make any sort of sense of just hearing well, it. Well, evidently, there had been a trend on TikTok of frolicking in the rain, and a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of black users uh, were were doing this, and so that was kind of this cute thing that people were doing online. I think particularly black men were doing it or something. Well, I think it was black men were frolicking in the grass months ago, and then black women maybe were frolicking right. in the rain. So then Drew Barrymore doing it was insulting to them and somehow stealing their TikTok cred? Uh, whatever. Maybe. Now, you've just co-signed. Okay, you just co-signed at least 3 million, 8.5 by 11 front and back people who just go out of their way to disrespect and dismiss the boundaries that black creators have set. And now you're one of those people. Uh, oh, Mount St. Robbins. Well, it's kind of they <laughs> Are you telling me they invented frolicking in the rain? <laughs> I mean, is is that the point you're I trying think, to make? I think she's saying appropriation. Was you Gene can Kelly do it, a racist you... when he was singing in the rain? <laughs> you can do it, but don't post it. What is going on? <laughs> so, I guess my question would be: She's got her nails. She's like trying to figure out. She's thinking, why? Why? Why is it so important to all of you to treat us like? We don't matter. What? Why well, is it that's... so important for you to treat her like she doesn't matter, Scott? Why do you do it, Rain Frolicker? Golly, man. <laughs> this is what happens when I suppose you've been told you're a victim your entire life. Right. And you're looking for race in every single thing that you see. You're deranged. I mean, what's next? I mean, she needs help. Hailing a cab? <laughs> Rowing a boat? I mean, what what is going on? <laughs> okay, wow, update on that. And what the governor of New York is saying. Jamie Markley, Dave Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of BS going on in this country right now. Ooh, daddy. daddy. Swimming in it. Paying for other people's college tuition. You got MAGA Republicans destroying America, according to the president, the great uniter. Right. The mayor of D.C. is about to lock nearly half of black students out of school because they're not vaccinated. That is the most blatantly racist thing a politician has done in years. And Drew Barrymore under attack because she went outside in the rain, was frolicking and enjoying it, but somehow that yeah. was an assault on black women. She yes. should be under attack for having a talk show no one watches. <laughs> <laughs> and now the governor of New York says, hey, Republicans in this state, just go to Florida. Get out. Well, then do it. Go. <laughs> I, seriously, go. If I was them, I'd pack it up and go. <laughs> And if I'm DeSantis, I got a sign up. I got buses. You're going to load them all up, and we're going to bring yeah. you here. Well, yeah, actually, they're just going to use the buses that are uh, sent from Texas. Yeah, just round trip. Yeah. Once the migrants are off, then yeah. it's like, hey, okay, New York Republicans, if you want to, you know, move to Florida, yeah, hop on this bus. Can you imagine a a mayor or governor of a state, a large state, proclaiming to the population, "I want you to leave." If you're of a certain political persuasion... It's wild, man. It's crazy! Yeah. Well, and I saw this in the New York Post, and the writer, Tim Hofer, said, 
Uh, okay, if you get beyond the frankly disgusting political partisanship and intolerance, her message is fiscally irresponsible and even dangerous. Yes. She already knows this, but the extensive public sector is heavily reliant on personal income taxes paid by residents. $14 billion in projected budget gaps over the next five years. It can't afford to lose any taxpayers because a bunch of people have already moved out of there. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It's really something. And she said something else, too, David. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're going to try to rewrite history on COVID. You know they they are. are. Democrats are because they realize, oh, crap, we really screwed up on this one, especially in places that lock down schools, uh, that kick kids out of school for, in some cases, two years. right? And are still keeping the door open for the remote learning scam. Uh, Except D.C. Except (laughs) D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here is uh, what Kathy Hochul had to say about remote learning. And the decisions were made to have all the kids go home and learn remotely. Wow. Wow. What a mistake that was. Really? Just admitted it. Yeah. And at first, I played the clip again because sometimes she looks so robotic. I thought maybe (laughs) someone slipped in, typed in the wrong message for her to read. Mm -hmm. I I think she's actually saying that when she went on further. She's actually meaning, yeah, that was a big mistake that we did that. Wow, man. Yeah, we're sorry, kids, that you'll have no shot. Yeah, good luck to you, though. Because of our decision, yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. So many to choose from, David. What is the big story of the day? Biggest story of the day is we're seeing a little bit more about the justification for the raid on Mar-a-Lago. What's really interesting is when you read some of the probable cause stuff, uh, statements from the federal government, you know what they rely on pretty heavily? What? News reports. They manufacture it themselves. This is how it works, man. They wow. Somebody in the FBI leaks a suspicion, and then the New York Times runs a story, and then the FBI goes to a judge and says, well, according to the New York Times, there might be some like nuclear secrets or something in Mar-a-Lago. Wow. Okay, is anyone interested in Joe Biden showering with his daughter? Because we know that's real now. Right. We'll get to that story a whole lot more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Where do you want to start now, David? Uh, it's a crazy day, and there's so much crap going on. It is. It is kind of a throw-out-the-rundown kind of day, isn't it? I mean, it, yes. I, I feel like I'm losing my mind every time I see a news update. So we'll start with the affidavit that was justifying the raid at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Uh, we, we've got bits and pieces of information. A lot of it had already been leaked to the media because we know the FBI is running an ab- above-the-board investigation, right? Mm-hmm. That Obviously, if they're leaking to media outlets that are friendly to them, obviously they're doing everything by the book. <laughs> Golly. So but frustrating. The, the interesting thing is that in so much of this, the justification starts with a media report. Now, how do those media reports get generated? So basically what they're saying is we read this article in the Washington Post or, hey, there was a CBS Miami report about moving boxes at at Mar-a-Lago. Now, how this works is the FBI will leak something to the media. Mm -hmm. The media runs a story on it. Then the FBI 
will use that story as a justification for an investigation because they say, well, look, this news outlet is reporting this. We need to get to the bottom of this because it could potentially be criminal. Right. They manufacture this stuff. They do it all the time. I think Robbins is doing it right now. <laughs> I am. He's over there typing something. I'm like, what are you leaking? <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm try- Trump just issued a statement, and it's hilarious. Oh, I'm wow. I'm trying okay. to find it. Okay, I got you. That's what I was doing. So this is how it happens. Yeah. I mean, they plan it on purpose so then they can do whatever they want. Dude, that, that's, that's how they did the Russia hoax. Yes. They, they used New York Times reports about, well, we, they had sources. Turns out those sources were the Hillary Clinton campaign that yes. are saying they have information that, oh, the Russians have compromise on Donald Trump. So we have to go ahead and investigate a presidential candidate and then continue investigating him after he's elected and sworn into office. It's this circular uh, reasoning that they have. Where they, but what's so frustrating to so many people is they know, hey, these reports aren't based off of fact. It's an anonymous source that gives you a little information. And even if it turns out to not be true, who cares? Right. And justifiably so, people are frustrated by that because it's a scam that allows them to do whatever they want in this type of situation. Yeah, You can drag the whole country through this Russia thing for years and still have what over 30 percent of the country believe it was true yeah it's crazy so you have that and at the same time at least what we hear the guy that's really running the country ron Klain, the chief of staff said the media should stop asking questions about the raid yeah you know i I, you know ron Klain's like maybe we should stop talking about this right because there is a big unanswered question about whether or not the white house knew about the plan to send the fbi to trump's home in florida and white house chief of staff ron Klain wants wants media to stop talking about it altogether because you know you might actually stumble uh, upon a, a couple of interesting answers that wouldn't look good for uncle joe this was on msnbc last night okay well look um I think that it's understandable people have an interest in these things, but I also think that, you know, how much coverage it gets is a choice the cable executives make, not us here at the White House. I actually think uh, fewer talking head panels about Mar-a-Lago and more explaining <laughs> to people about how they can get That's the good. tax benefits in the Inflation Reduction Act, how they oh, can get, um, you know, new... Without so- those people, dude, you don't have a job. Right. Jeez. You should be sending them gift cards to Starbucks every freaking day. ...and new uh, uh, things for their home uh, with, with rebates that bring down their costs. Like, I think people are interested in that, too. And I wish there was more of that on cable TV. <laughs> Chief of Staff Assignment Editor now. Oh, <laughs> Holy gosh. cow. What a joke, man. What a joke. See, what we're doing for people, and, and it, it, they just... they. The media, they just want to run with these these stories that, I guess, interest the audience, not the things that we're doing for people. Get get over yourself, dude. What a joke. He doesn't believe that either. Of course not. Okay, did you find the Trump statement? No, I haven't yet, but I'll paraphrase. One of the, st- one of the comments he said was, for something to the effect of for what they did to your favorite president, <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that, David? <laughs> He no, he's done that before, yeah. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> your, your favorite president, me. <laughs> uh, David, you had a story about Reuters. Yeah. Talking about the student loan debt. 
Yeah, dude, I I really I had to triple check this to make sure it wasn't a Babylon B or the onion piece. <laughs> okay, really, because yes. it, it is so yeah. tone deaf. It is incredible. Okay, so I, I just want to read you. I, I've I've whittled it down a little bit. Uh, Americans bearing heavy college debt loads welcomed U.S. President Joe Biden's announcement that he would forgive ten thousand dollars in student loans, and some shared hopes that they can jettison extra work hours and perhaps take a vacation or return to school. See these hardworking folks; they they oh want to start gosh. a family, they want to buy a house. No man, they want to work less, and, <laughs> and they want to go on vacation. Uh, John Paul, he's a restaurant manager in D.C. He took out his loans for his son's tuition. He said, I would not have second thoughts when planning a trip or going on vacation. Earlier, it would be at the back of our mind that we have this debt hanging over us. Now we're somewhat relieved because we, we, oh we can go on vacation now. Well, good for you. Uh, Vincent Joseph, who graduated in 2019 and currently works at a lobbying firm in Washington, D.C., said he was happy to hear his remaining $6,500 in debt was likely to be relieved. There could be an entire generation that doesn't have to work extra hours or additional jobs to repay this debt. Oh. Noting, no, because other people have to do it to <laughs> yeah. pay for them. As they add after his quote, noting he had taken on a job in college to pay off his loans. How well, really, you work to pay off things you want to buy? Really? <laughs> man, oh man! You know, many people work extra jobs as a result, and as a result, compromise on spending time with friends because they're worried about their debt. That's called being an adult. Uh, yeah, it is because it's not about you anymore. It's about your family and trying to give them a better opportunity. Gosh dang! Seriously, man, it's like the values as we know in the country have gone down the crapper over the last several decades but there's also this point of you know a loan it's a contract i mean i'm not trying to get into legalese but you know when you owe the money and you sign the contract you got to pay it that's just part of it that's the deal and for then for someone to say yeah we're going to just going to wipe that away for a certain amount of people over here that just happens to be the people that are more than likely going to vote for me all it does is divide the country more. I mean, you think the resentment right now is bad between the elites and the working class? It's going to get worse after this, especially when you have tone-deaf people yeah. like this jack wagon writing what he wrote. But, but I also think that's part of the plan. That's part of, for some people, that's what they want. In order for, yes. again, I, you know, you sound like a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist, but you know what these people's vision really is, and it comes down to Marxist ideology. It does. And so that's why they really wanted to lift up like the Black Lives Matter riots and things yep. like that, because they wanted to use race. Now they want to use gender ideology yep. as, as a placeholder for class struggles in order yes. to help push this revolution that they want. Some of them are more honest about it than others. Now, if you do actually create more and more class resentment, you can use that as an avenue to consolidate power in Washington, D.C., be yes. So, and then the whole middle class and the upper middle class gets wiped away. Oh, yeah. Which is it, really what they want. It's completely disappeared because yep. these are the people that would have the means to actually change something. 
Correct. In society, and they want that. Well, that just won't do. They need you to be poor. They need you to be miserable. They need you to be begging for a handout because then you're easily controlled. Absolutely. Because again, you look at the student loan thing, and this has been talked about for years. But you notice when addressing this problem, no one talks about, hey, uh, we got to rethink how this all works with the universities because yeah. they've gotten away with it. And the endowments, you've talked about this for a long time, yeah. billions of dollars. Oh, sure. Harvard, Yale, University of Texas, just to name a few. And I saw a piece in the Wall Street Journal that, you know, was talking about well, the one thing they don't talk about is reducing the cost for college. Because obviously the degrees aren't worth it. They can't pay off loans. It's And sometimes it's useless. They bring up the former education secretary, Bill Bennett, once saying that schools be required to take an equity stake of 10 to 20% in student loans. Josh Hawley introduced legislation, this was a few years ago, that would require colleges to pay half of the loans for borrowers who default. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And then talking about, okay, you need to put limits on how much someone can borrow depending on the degree. See, Because when it's yeah, the government, yeah, it's yeah. different because the private lenders say the feds have squeezed them from the market and there's no reason for, well, in this case, Uncle Sam to subsidize advanced degrees. Nope. Private markets can price credit risk. Dude. And they would say, hey, you want a master's in film? You can only borrow this amount because we don't think you can pay it back. You can't afford it. Every single loan you enter into in your life, except this one, is predicated on how much income you have and how much debt you're already carrying versus how much they're going to loan you. Right. In other words, you're going to buy a million-dollar house on a $40,000 a year salary. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. Well, you want your gender studies degree? Exactly. But the, what's, okay, it, then what's, you're have what's to... the top line it's going to pay? What is it? Well, you're going to have to pay higher interest rates because more than likely you're not going to be able to pay it off because it's going to cost you this much money to get it, but you're not going to be able to make it back. Yeah. Well, and the irony of this, when, when you know the federal government really in earnest took over all student loans, and and really squeezed out private individual lenders. Mm -hmm. It was part of a reconciliation budget package that helped prop uh, prop up Obamacare. See, they in, yeah. in Obamacare they actually budgeted like sixty billion dollars based on uh, payments from student loans. Well, now that's wiped out, and it just so happens that it comes after the Inflation Reduction Act, which actually steals from other programs to prop up the walking corpse of Obamacare. Yeah. Right now, universities are thrilled because they know, well, they're going to keep coming to college and more students are going to want to get loans because they're like, hey, good chance they're going to get paid off anyway. Yep. How's, that, how's that phone call going to go when they call you, David, and ask for some money for their endowment? <laughs> oh, they, oh, yeah, they don't call me anymore because right, quit, a, so right after, um, right after I graduated and I, I went to the University of North, uh, of North Texas. Right after I graduated, uh, I was unemployed, and I was looking for work, trying to get into radio, and all you know, trying to get a different job in radio. And uh, it was a couple months after I had graduated, and I had pretty much zero dollars in my bank account. And I got a phone call from somebody saying, "Hey, as an alum, can you commit to a five hundred dollar a quarter donation?" <laughs> to the yeah. University of North Texas. And I said, no, I don't have any money. And they said, 
Well, how about a $250 a quarter donation? I don't have any money. How about a $50 one-time donation? No, you scam artist. I'm hanging up My now. My gosh. Yeah. How irritating. Golly. Speaking of uh, colleges. Don't even get a tote bag. Right. The University of South Carolina, um, they have a live mascot, a rooster. They're the Gamecocks. Right. Apparently, the rooster was named Big or Sir Big Spur. Very popular. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Well, the school had an agreement with the original owners of the rooster to use the name, but they don't own him anymore. And they decided not to let the school continue to use it because of a disagreement they have with the new owners. So they're looking for a new name for Sir Big Spur. And they've picked ten possible choices. Oh, good. <laughs> this should be fun. <laughs> you tell me what your favorite is. I'll leave what their favorite is for last or what's winning right now. Okay. Um, there's Cluck Norris. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cockadoodle Dude. Captain Cluck. Kicking chicken. <laughs> I kind of like that. Or cock commander. Well, that's your winner right there. That's leading the way right yeah, now. That's got to be your yeah. winner. That, that guy was in Top Gun. Cock commander. <laughs> well, that, no, that's patient zero for monkeypox. <laughs> oh, God. Says, oh, no. New, uh, oh, no. Uh, things for their home. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anything else you were going to say? Just stop. Whoa. <laughs> News update next right here. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. The whole world gone crazy! Yeah, it has. It really has. Um, So Joe Biden today was doing an event about abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, And he went off script a little bit. Apparently he was going to be trying to take questions, and something bizarre happened again. You want to hear this? Yeah. Everybody thought anything would go. Thank you so much, Mr. President. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I took control. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to do that. Go ahead. You I tell me. I think we're going to go ahead and um, have the rest of the conversation um, close press. And thank you all so much. It says, I, I took control. I shouldn't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to do who's, that. Who's telling you to not do it? You're the president, man. Well, it's Klain and everybody else right. because they know it's a disaster. If he gets somewhere out of the lane, which he'll do every once in a while, they don't like it because he well he almost started World War Three. Remember that? What do you say? For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Talking oh, about yeah. Putin, yeah. yeah. One thing after another after another. No one, not done. <laughs> history books will note it, right? <laughs> uh, I looked it up in the history books last night. I could not find anything under not to not, but I'm looking. You need to look a little bit harder. I'm trying. Probably. Yes. Okay. Is that with a K or an N? I'm not, not sure. I got hairy legs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We got to set you up for the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. We got a lot going on. It's back to school time. Oh, yeah. 
And then you got a lot of people that have to pay off other people's student loan debts. Which involves school. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're doing greatest songs of all time with either teach, teacher, or school. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's that time of the week. Take a little break from news. Have some fun with a countdown. Mm-hmm. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f- out of here. All right. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, then. Friday five, we'll take some something out of news. Of course, it's been big news this student loan debt wipe away nonsense, and it's back to school time. So we we're kicking this around the other day and said we should do uh, songs with school in the title. I said you know what, that's a decent list, but what if we had teach in there or teacher? Then it made it better. So we compiled it all together, and we have our Friday five as always. Three criteria we go by. How big of a song was it? Like, is it iconic? Was it a big hit? And then does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put it all together and we got our list. And David Van Camp is well represented in this list. We'll say that. So I if you am? want to get in, uh, roll it on out. It's 210-619-2053. Who's up first, David? Uh, let's talk to Billy in Portland. Hey, Billy. What's up, fellas? Billy. Billy. So uh, I remember this video when it came out, watching it on MTV, and it was fantastic. So anyone who has not seen this, I recommend going on YouTube and watching it. Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. Heck yeah. Well, yeah. Number two. Does anybody think of a particular teacher when they hear that song? Yes. From way back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, I do. That used to be at least the common conversation among dudes. Yes. I know Robin's story, and we should all just leave it there, I think. Why? But what a great song, man. What are you talking about? Wasn't this the one that ended up, I mean, at the end of her story, it was kind of not good? I don't remember that. Oh, okay. I, I remember having a uh, Miss America contestant as a teacher. And then what happened with her career? Oh, I don't know. She, I don't know whatever happened to her. Okay, then I'll just spell it out. Did you have some sort of teacher that ended up in maybe the adult industry or something no, like no, that? No, no, that, no. That was a, just a person I knew. Oh, I thought it was but the she teacher. Would, she was sponsored by the radio station in a pageant, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she was ended up in the entertainment industry. Yeah, right. Of course. Limited yeah. limited wardrobe budget. <laughs> I always thought it was the teacher. No, okay, no, no, it was good, the teacher. Good no. to clear yeah. that all up. Right. A great number two right there to get things started. Who's next, David? Uh let's talk to Chuck in Indiana. Hey Chuck. 
Hello. Uh, being a punk rocker from the 70s and 80s, I have to go with the Ramones Rock and Roll High School. Rock, oh, rock, yeah. Absolutely. Anybody else? so tame now, doesn't it? It does, really. Yeah. Anybody else have Road to Ruin from the Ramones? I don't. No, I don't. Dude, I had Circus Magazine. I would get it all the time as a kid, like a 10-year-old, and there was an ad for it. I'm like, that band looks cool. I just bought it on that. It was completely different than what I thought it was going to be, but ended up really liking it. Yeah. And that's my Ramones story. Circus Magazine was the best. Way back in the day, yes. Yep. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Thank you. Who's next, David? Dr. Jack in Virginia. Hey, Dr. Jack. Greetings, Cameron! <laughs> Dr. Jack, thanks for checking in, dude. Uh, I heard the IRS hired more auditors to investigate Robbins to make sure he paid the tax on the 10 apples he took from Van Camp and the gift tax on the four <laughs> apples he gave back. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well played, Dr. Jack. Yeah. I have a short poem which is relevant to the news of the week. It goes like this. Dr. Jill went up the hill to get her fake diploma. Then she ran home because Joe's alone and in an ice cream coma. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Well done. Nice job, Dr. Jack. Making everybody laugh. Okay, what I've, you got today? Well, I wanted to nominate a song from Markley's favorite group, ABBA, when, but it describes when President Magoo was kicked out of third grade, and it's when when I kissed the teacher. Wow. But you did, did not have that on your list, so I had to go instead with something that Biden stuttered when he was addressing his wife. He said, teacher, teacher, my 38 special. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do we have 38 special? We do. That was a hit. Yeah. But there's no test of time on it. Did you even know that song existed, David? No, I, that is not in my uh, in my 38 special catalog. Yeah, you played it at top 40, didn't you, Scott? Sure, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, and there was, it was a, from a soundtrack. It was, and so the video just had clips of the movie when it was out yeah. in the early to mid 80s. Yeah, remember that. And man, I'm really sorry, Dr. Jack. I don't know that ABBA song. I thought I had the whole catalog. Mm. <laughs> Missing one? <laughs> I don't know ABBA music, to be honest. I think you know that. All right, songs with school or teacher, teacher in the title. And who's next, David? Uh, Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. You say your show's goal is making sense of it all and having some fun. But other than the Friday Five, this week hasn't made any sense. And I sure haven't been having any fun. Well, that's true. What, yeah. What's not fun about paying other people's bills? <laughs> you want to pay my bills? Uh, no. I don't want to have that much fun. <laughs> my song, Alice Cooper, School's Out for Summer. Oh, oh yeah. Woody, you're going to have a great weekend. Man. Number one. But that song was huge. It's a huge test of timer. And I think we all like it. 
Oh, was yeah. that yeah. was that everybody's number one? No, my number one was Van Halen, Hot for Teacher. Just because if I, if I, if I'm being honest about it, I definitely reach for Hot for Teacher more often than School's Out. Yes. Okay. So in, at least in my scoring, Hot for Teacher went less with the hit slash iconic mm-hmm. because not all top forty played Hot for Teacher. No. You know, it was a little too rocky for you people, Scott. Well. And the test of time is a 10 on both of them, to me. We were playing our weight. And yeah, and I love them both. I mean, it's like a 10 score on each one of those. Yeah. So I can't just, go wrong with either one. I'm an Alice guy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we got number one and number two looking for three, four, and five. Who's next? Well, it's Mary in Delaware. And I just want to say she did actually call in with today's number one, but we got disconnected, unfortunately. So, oh. so she is back and, and she's got another, uh, uh, guess here hi mary hi guys thank you for saying that um especially for me and tracy because i would have had it but the call got dropped yeah. so oh man you get credit oh, anyway wow. all right thank you so i had two in mind but i guess i'm going with me and julio down by the schoolyard by yeah, paul simon yeah. yes see me and julio down by the schoolyard Robin said it in his Bible. I think it would make Mary feel better if you sang along. It's the whistle part. Okay. Well, how about this? I'll start it again and you can sing this part because you'll do it off air and I find it highly entertaining. Okay. You ready? See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I don't know why that's so funny. It just is. So well played. Who's next, David? Uh, let's see. We got Mike in Idaho. Hi, Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I'm what here. You, what you thinking, buddy? Uh, oh, uh, I'm thinking uh, in high school, it tells you how old I am. Uh, Crosby, still the Nash and Young with uh, Teach Your Children. Yeah. Yes. Teach you can sing along with that, too, Scott. You had well, it in your five. Their father's hell. It slowly goes by and feed. Don't go soft, man. Really bring on your dreams. There you go. Yeah. The one they fix. The one you know. Me, 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 me. Don't you believe <laughs> The look you have on your face as you sing is the best. Yeah. Very good, okay. man. All right. Well, it's sort of a soft song, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a hit and a test of timer for a long time. Yep. No doubt about it. Still looking for three, four, and five. No, but Songs. we're not going to get five. It, I don't know that. No. I don't know that. You talk about recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but geez. And it was a big hit. Yes, it was. And you really have a problem with it, Scott. It's so lame. Okay. Okay. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Friday five school <laughs> and teacher songs, and we'll wrap it up next. You gotta hear it. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. 
Got a news update to get to. Scott Robbins, top three of the day, the trifecta. Before we get there, we got to wrap up the Friday Five, which today, in honor of school being back in session and then paying off other people's loans. Yeah. Songs with school or teach, teacher in the title. Sure. There's your number one right there, Alice Cooper. School's out. Hot for teacher Van Halen, number two. We're looking for number three, number four, and number five. Wow. We've had honorable mentions from 38 Special, Paul Simon, Crosby Stills, Nash and Young, The Ramones, and back to it, David. Uh, let's talk to Mary in Panama City Beach, Florida. Hey, guys. Mary, thanks for checking in. <laughs> Good to hear you guys always. This is my new ritual on Fridays, listening to you guys and texting back and forth with my brother Frank in Atlanta. <laughs> Are you kicking his butt today? Uh. I think so. I think I've got three, and he's got one. All right. Good. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Frank, yeah, better get better, buddy. I'm, he needs to get with the program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, my first two were uh, the, your top two, so we're all, we're pretty much always on the same page with a lot of this stuff. But I'm thinking uh, teacher, Jethro Tull. Great song. Yes. I had that in my five. Just so. Am I the only one? I like it, but I thought that would be yeah. a jukeboxing. Me and me and Julio down by the schoolyard had to be in the top five for, for Robbins. But I like this song. That was like a classic rock staple for a long time. But I guess in your world, that doesn't matter. No, it was off the Benefit album I had when I was 12 years old. Shut up. <laughs> Very defensive. Holy smokes. All right, who's next? Uh, Uncle Schultze in Gresham, Oregon. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. I myself have eight years of solid post-secondary education, all at community college. <laughs> so I'm going to throw in My Old School by Steely Dan. Yes. What, hold on a second. What do you mean, yes? I love the song. When you say that. Did you did you have that in your top five? I think I did. Yeah, yeah he did. I, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. 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 Uh, did we have it? David? Yeah. yeah. I don't have it. You don't For have it. For whatever reason. The Russians struck again. Here we go. Maybe he doesn't. Number three. Number So you did have this. I had this. Did you have it, David? Uh, I did not. No. Okay. I thought one of us did not have it. All right. That makes sense to me now. All right. I'm glad you actually had the song in your possession. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's a fun song. A it really song. is. Yeah. That's another one of those, not a top 40 hit, but it was a classic rock staple. And a funky lead. Yes. Very much so. All right. We're still looking for four and five. You think we're going to get him, David? Uh, maybe. Uh, let's talk to David in Hillsboro. Hey, David. Well, happy. It's been a wild Friday, gentlemen. David! Yeah, no kidding. What's going on? We love David. Of course we do. Yeah, we do. Of course we do. Oh, uh, I love President Trump, too. The most tormented man in the world. <laughs> True. <laughs> They're coming for him, man. What God you thinking, David? Him. How about back to school? Bye. Uh, Deftones. Oh, Deftones. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Back in school. 
David, your call. Uh, yeah, we can go go ahead and count them down. Let's play. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Oh, boy. Let's, talk, let's talk to Jason in Portland. Hey, Jason. Yeah, you guys like totally rock, but that old Coca-Cola commercial, you need to teach the world Here to sing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is great because Robin said, nobody's calling for that. Oh, Number five. I'd like to see the world go That was a big hit, wasn't it, Dave? It was. See, what happened was when I when when I was tallying all the votes, we had a three-way tie for number five. Okay. Because we kind of did. All three of us had different fours and fives. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I go by the objective criteria. This was the biggest hit out of all three. There you go. I said I had, you know, that's the way the rule goes. I didn't vote for the song, but I understand it. Young David in swing choir doing that one. <laughs> there was a different hey, version of it. Jazz hands. Did Tesla whole... do it? No. Well, it's it's actually not the same song, but it just sounds like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shaker Baker from yeah. Oasis. I forgot about that. That's the same song. Yeah, it sure is. Oh, no. They really wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarettes and alcohol is bang a gong. Yes, it is. No doubt about it. Okay, and then Steve. on your strength of your pick for number four, we had number four. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the cold. Again, we had a tie for number four, and this was the bigger hit. It was a big hit. And I remember this from, you know. My dad had all these records, so we'd play them all the time. So that was just a great memory there. That's a fun countdown. Alice Cooper, Van Halen, Steely Dan, Chuck Berry, and the New Seekers. <laughs> a lot of diversity in that five. <laughs> Bob sure Seeker is. was in that band. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And biggest news of the day, David. Uh, well, there's a couple different uh, things to talk about today, but uh, one of them is the release of partial release, I guess, of some of the underlying documents justifying the FBI raiding President Trump's house there in South Florida. Uh, And apparently, well, again, it was the circular logic of leaking to the media, then using media reports as a justification to obtain a search warrant. We've seen this playbook before. They are going there. They are hell bent on making sure this guy doesn't run for president again. Yes. And there could be for a lot of different reasons, but that certainly seems to be in place. So the latest on that. And Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Are you disturbed? No. Okay. All right. We're just checking. Wait we'll my turn. It. That's all. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Action. Millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer. Feeling tropical today. Scott Robbins. Okay, news update, David Van Camp. Um, so the mayors of Washington, D.C. and uh, New York City are asking for federal help now 
because uh, Texas and Arizona have been sending them some of the migrants. I mean, it's a joke. In New York, what is it, like 500, between 500 and 1,000? And D.C., it's like 7,000 or something like that. I forget what New York's number is. I thought it was higher than that, but you could be right. But I mean, not compared to Texas? Dude, it's... It, it, Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the numbers out of Texas, who's coming across the border and the numbers that a lot of communities are having to deal with constantly, it's a drop in the bucket. What a joke. These people who have these sanctuary cities and we want to be more welcoming and all this stuff, you would think you would want to have the opportunity to welcome in migrants. Stating the obvious. Yeah. It'd be one thing if these mayors said, you know what, feel bad for the people in Texas dealing with this issue. But that hasn't been it. No. 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 It's been xenophobic. You reap what you sow, man. I mean, you've been saying forever, we're, we're sanctuary city, not thinking this would ever happen to you. Again, this is what happens when you make bad policy. Well, yeah. if we have people that are here illegally in our city, we're going to try to help them get legal assistance and pay for it so yeah. they can stay. Until right. Texas goes, okay, fine, we'll send them your way then. Yeah, so Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked about this, and she says, well, FEMA is making money available to these cities uh, in order to help with the situation. Oh. As we have done many times in response to uh, Governor Abbott's repeated attempts to create chaos, and really to create chaos and confusion, that's what he's doing. You are not upholding the law. Texas, the border states have been saying we need help for now years. It's not just months. Every month it's another record. They can't even do their jobs. And he's creating chaos? Unbelievable. They know what they're doing. Seriously. They should be thrown in jail. Uh, at the border and costing uh, his own constituents uh, over well over a million dollars. So we will work to manage the consequences. What is she talking about? <laughs> well, well over a million dollars. I, I assume she's talking about the bus tickets and, and the contracts that they have with the bus lines that they're putting these migrants on. But it's interesting that to her, a million dollars suddenly is this big thing when the administration she works for just signed off on something. I saw a new estimate where you're talking about a trillion dollars mm-hmm. to pay for other people's debts, to pay for college loan debt. Well, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, uh, oh, he's a little over a million dollars that he spent on this. Well, a lot of people in Texas are like, well, good. Let these, yes. let these we latte, have nowhere to put people. Let, let these latte liberals reap what they've sown. She goes on. So we will work to manage the consequences of this uh, latest political charade that we see from the governor. And uh, we do take this very seriously and I continue going to work with uh, Mayor Bowser and Mayor Adams. Kareen, uh, talking about a charade. Do you ever look in the mirror? Do you ever think about the job you have? How bad you are at it and the real reason you're there? Do you really want to talk about charades? No, of course not. <laughs> You're a comedian, and you don't even know it. Jeez. What a joke, man. Oh. I'm talking about uh, the mayor of D.C., Bowser. Oh, I don't want to get into that. That might be in your three, Robbins. actually, yeah. Well, then I don't want to steal your thunder. Don't, don't jump in front of the moving train here, okay? I'm not going to do All that. Right, okay. You are Dr. Thunder, as far as I'm concerned. Let's get to Robbins' <laughs> oh, yeah. top five right now. It's three, whatever you call it. 
the Friday Five. We don't. We already did I don't that. Know what, what's going on over there? I'm not touching anything. These are not my. It's you are involved in monkey button pushing now. You know what, Dude. Jamie? If you're having trouble, you should just go buy an electric car. That's all the, you need I, to do. I should do that. Absolutely. No, you said you wanted the Friday Five open today because you had five stories that you wanted to I do. did not say that. I thought that's, that's what you that's said. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. How'd they get this job? Oh, wait, that's me. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, the Scott Robbins top three stories of the day, the trifecta. (laughs) Anything else you want to play? You, what? Huh? Anything else? While you're over there, just pushing random buttons, right? Yay! Left? I'll just, I'll just <laughs> okay. play randomly. You saying yay repeatedly. Yay! <laughs> That'll get it done. Casey Kasem helps Scott every day. Yep. Count them down. His top three stories of the day. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, yeah, I know that's what I just said. Okay, I'm ready. Good. Three. Number three. The mayor of Washington D.C., Muriel Bowser, says no school for unvaccinated children. Yeah, def- despite the fact. That almost every part of the country is easing off on the pandemic restrictions, rightfully so. Not her. The District of Columbia will require all students age 12 and over to show proof of your vaccination or you can't go to school. Okay, well, I'll just stay home and do it online. No! (laughs) You won't be doing that either. It's the rules. Uh, The district no longer has any system, she said, in place to provide any remote schooling. So, unvaccinated kids will effectively have no access to public education. And most of these, the majority of the unvaccinated, are minorities. Now, in my opinion, this should be called out as being what? Racist. It won't be, but it should be. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so that's the deal now. I mean, this is, I can't believe this is going to happen. Because you're talking about thousands of kids. Okay. From any coverage of this story, what is the reason that they give? Well, it's to stop the spread. It doesn't stop the spread. Yeah, well, I know that, proven. and you know that, but Muriel Bowser doesn't know that. Or if she does, she flat doesn't care. Well, that, that, that's the thing. They, you know, the, the counter-argument is always, well, there are a lot of vaccines you have to take in order to send your kid to a public I, school. Yeah. It's like, right, but the magic of those vaccines is they actually work. Correct. So... Yeah. They this doesn't make from any getting sense. Polio. Yes, and other commu- other horrible diseases that were you know. But yeah, of course. Okay, this is ridiculous. All Let's right. see if this thing goes through. Well, you get closer and closer to number one. It's going to run around the streets all day. Maybe. Well, that's what happened during lockdowns. I know it was well reported. All of a sudden, carjackings went through the roof. Yeah, eleven-year-olds stealing your car and driving it down the road. Yeah, huh? The Scott Robbins trifecta: the top three stories of the day. Two. Uh, number two, Dave Ramsey is reacting to uh, student loan debt forgiveness. The <laughs> financial guru well, himself. He the the question he asks here is a simple one. Yet at the same time, he mentions, "Well, this is very aggravating. This handout that's going on." He went on to say, "And listen to this, because I like this. If student loans are so bad that you have to cancel them, then why are you continuing to make them?" You know the answer. Of course I do. You should at least stop making them before we start forgiving them. This is an obvious political ploy, Ramsey said. It's aggravating. 
I've been saying this for months. I thought this was the train the president was going to jump on. He said, if you're a $10,000 student loan person and you make less than $125,000 and your loan is getting ready to be forgiven, we're happy for you. We want good things for you. However, we're also simultaneously angry on behalf of the people who paid off their loans and feel screwed. And you know why they feel screwed? Ramsey says, because they are being screwed. Yeah. And again, man, this is like the playbook, the last two stories you've had. Yeah. There's there's no want to do anything about the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, the problem is student loan debt because, again, it's degrees you can't pay back the loan. Not doing anything about that. No. As far as what people are being charged, the same way with the border. It's not like, you know what, we got all these people now coming into D.C. and New York City. We, we just can't take all these can't people. Maybe secure the border. They won't do it. That's what, again, is so frustrating. Want another one? Well, yes, yeah, it's Scott Robbins yeah, trifecta, more on top three topic. stories of the day. Yeah. And, and finally, yeah. one. Uh, also on the subject of everyone having to pay for gender studies grads' uh, bills, uh, Mike Rowe has weighed in. He said, I'm not going to write a piece today. I'm going to turn this over to my friend Charlie Cook, who's a political writer. Okay. So Mike Rowe turned over his column to him. And he said, because I think he puts, points it out better than I could. Oh. And Charlie Cook says, well, what absolute chumps the president has just made of all of us. Squirm if you like, but that's the truth of the matter. As of today, the six air conditioning technicians in my house are on the hook for college loans that were signed for, spent, and enjoyed by other people. Confirming the measure today, the president announced that every American who has both college debt and vowed to repay and an individual yearly income under $125,000 or $250,000 for a couple, that's $20,000 you get. Which means by you and me and everyone else who pays the taxes in America, we're on the hook for it. So why is Biden doing this, he goes on. He said, well, the answer is disgustingly classist. Because Joe Biden and his party believe that college students are better than everyone else. Because Joe Biden and his party believe that college students are a finer cut. Electricians, store managers, deli workers, landscapers, waitresses, mechanics, entrepreneurs, screw you! I like the anger. Okay. Is that it? And I like the pushback. All right. And there you have it. Got it. Scott Robinson. It makes me feel better. It's very cathartic. Yeah. To get that stuff out there, because we've been saying it for a while, too. Well, yeah. And it's about the people they want to vote for them. In and, the end, they're and, trying to pay for votes. And, you know, and Mike Rowe is is given so much money to trade schools and uh, created awareness sure. for these skilled laborers that are out there that were had no voice. I well, mean, Mike Rowe gave was, them voice. And what he's been saying for a long time is you don't need to get yourself into crazy debt with an education that's not going to give you a job that pays. No. You go to a trade school, and you're going to be better off in the long run. And this whole follow your dreams nonsense. Yes, that's a that's a whole other topic. Follow your passion and dreams. And that's fine. But don't gripe and moan when you make no money. Right. I don't want to pay for it, though. Correct. Uh, one other thing, David, and I don't know how much attention this is going to get, especially being that it is Friday. Will this even be a story by Monday? Joe Biden, his daughter, this diary we've heard about and wasn't quite too sure about it, turns out is real. Yeah. So uh, in 2020, uh, Ashley Ashley Biden, the youngest daughter, the daughter of uh, Joe and Jill, 
apparently she was in rehab and she was keeping a diary through this process. And someone uh, moved into that house temporarily or something, finds this diary, and then decides, hey, I'm going to try to sell it. Tried to sell it to the Trump campaign. Uh, Trump campaign said, no, give it to the FBI. For the love of God, hand that over to the FBI because there are some disturbing uh, allegations in there. Uh, it, nothing like straight up criminal accusation or anything like that, but there are suggestions that she was molested by a family member, and uh, she also suggests that there was an inappropriate shower routine with Joe Biden in there. So the the top-line story is that the woman who found the diary and then tried to sell it and then ultimately did sell it to Project Veritas, uh, which didn't publish it, Mm-hmm. But uh, her and another person have just pleaded guilty to whatever it is, like trying to sell stolen materials across state lines, something like that. They've pleaded guilty. They face five years in prison for this. Um, but the subtext here is uh, the DOJ just confirmed that that was real. That so was actually we play the game that so often we can play. What if that was Trump's daughter? Dude. Oh Dude, they accused Donald Trump of being a diddler based off of nothing but like a magazine cover photo that they thought looked creepy. Yes. Or comments that he made yeah. talking about her. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it would be all over it. But it, I, well, I wonder if we'll even know about this story come Monday. Well, I mean, between between what's being at least suggested in the pages of that diary and the accusations of Tara Reid... Uh, against Joe Biden, I mean, there's a hell of a lot more evidence that Joe Biden is, well, a diddler or, you know, I mean, he's he's got something. Sexual misconduct in his past. Democrats talked about it when he was running, that he was creepy. This creepy old guy, always touchy, always feely, always sniffy. I mean, there's a lot more evidence that he's a diddler than there is a, you know... Brett Kavanaugh is an attempted gang rapist or whatever. Uh, crazy. Is that even a word? Diddler? Well, sniffy. No, Sniffy. Oh, Sniffy. Um, yeah. I'll say this, man. I don't know a person on the planet that wanted to be described as Sniffy. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, he's no. just kind of Sniffy. Yeah, no thanks. All right. Memorize the news and news update next. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update, David Van Camp. This is incredible. So the uh, Giffords campaign to stop gun violence. They were big fans of the bipartisan gun control bill that was signed a little while back. Yeah. Big fans of it. Pushed for it. Campaigned for it. Said, hey, this is a good start for gun control. Well, now, 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 see, they want to to have a, a new rulemaking process because part of that law has to do with straw buyers. This is people who will go and legally purchase a firearm with the intent of giving that gun to someone who can't legally own a firearm. Okay. Uh, What's you know, the problem? Well, the problem is that this might disproportionately affect communities of color. You see. So what? Stop breaking the law. Well, I, I do agree, actually, that gun laws are racist. So <laughs> we should do away with them. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. These people don't think it through, do they? No, they don't. Fund the gun laws. But absolutely. Mm-hmm. A lot of things would be solved if you quit breaking the law, right. I've noticed. You know, but no one wants to that's say it. a very it. simplistic <laughs> answer to a very difficult question. Upbringing, advantages, disadvantages. <laughs> when the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. the dumb get dumber. Get Nimrod. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, we'll just go with this. On the New York Post. Florida woman arrested Monday. Why? Set up Pinellas County swimming pool. Twerking, exposing her breath to a group of children. She's 22 years old. Broke into, uh, as it says in the story, the distinctive gyration of twerking. Wow. While surrounded by adults and kids. And you're like, okay, is that big of a Is that a huge deal? And then I. Show you the mugshot. Yeah, see, nobody wants to see that. No. Nobody. That's Nimrod's in the news. 